I'd like to begin this morning with a quote from the great philosopher, theologian, and civil rights activist Howard Thurman. Thurman writes, In the stillness of the quiet, if we listen, we can hear the whisper of the heart giving strength to weakness, courage to fear, hope to despair. Thurman's focus in these words on the ways that stillness and quiet can provide our heart that with which we so desperately need is a powerful reminder of the ways that God is still speaking. God still speaks to the deepest longings in our souls, often in ways and at times that we can hardly imagine. But such is the nature of our God. Unexpected, unlikely, unpredictable. I know that many of us gathered here this morning are going through some difficult stuff at this time. And so I'd like to speak to you this morning about the inexhaustible hope that our Christian faith provides us with. The hope that we all carry, that regardless of how down and out things might seem, no matter how unlikely it is, we still believe that God will show up. Our scripture passage this morning will be 1 Corinthians 15 verses 12 through 20, and I've titled this sermon, Resurrection Hope. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. Uh, Please, if you can, turn with me in your Bibles. Let's get right to it, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Bibles are in the pew backs in front of you. You can also pull it up on your phone, or if you brought your own Bible, that's great too. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to be beginning in the middle of the chapter at verse 12. And as you flip to find your page, 1 Corinthians 15, just a little background for you. These words that we'll be reading this morning were written by the Apostle Paul, to the church in the city of Corinth. And now in those days, Corinth was like Las Vegas, okay? What happens in Corinth stays in Corinth. It was a big, prosperous, happening city with lots of morally questionable stuff going on. And so you can imagine that the first Christian church in Corinth faced all sorts of interesting questions and conundrums. But the passage we're going to be looking at this morning deals solely with the issue of Jesus' resurrection. Let's see what Paul has to say to the Corinthians, shall we? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 12. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised then our proclamation has been in vain, and your faith has been in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified of God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have died in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who died. 
here ends our reading. Let's break this down here for a second, because the Apostle Paul has a way with words, and by that I mean a way with run-on sentences. Can I get an amen? You see, the people, for the, the people who are in the church in Corinth have been telling and focusing on the way that the death were not resurrected. This was a common theme amongst the Corinthians. Yeah, I don't really believe in that resurrection of the dead thing. And, and this was actually a very common belief at that point in time. In most of Judaism in the first century, there was no concept of life after death. Once you're dead, you're dead, and that's the end of the story. And so it seems that many of the people in the Corinthian church were also making similar statements. I imagine some of the members of the Corinthian church, as they were walked around their thriving, bustling city, I can just imagine them saying things like, yeah, I don't believe in that resurrection stuff. Sure, I'm a Christian, but I mean, come on, resurrection? That doesn't happen to people like you and me. And, And besides, who cares? Look at this great city that we get to live in. You see, part of the reason the Corinthians disregarded the resurrection is because they probably felt like they didn't need it. Corinth was the place to be back then. They didn't need to look to the future with hope. They didn't need to long for life after death because their life before death was pretty darn good. And you know what? This dynamic, this attitude is still very prevalent here today, isn't it? We live during a truly magical moment in history. We've got cars and iPads and wireless headphones. We've got smartphones and smart TVs and smart refrigerators and things are so smart I'm not even sure what they do anymore. There is an entire industry, have you ever thought about this? An entire industry in Hollywood whose job is to spend millions upon millions of dollars just to entertain you for a couple of hours. Uh, Imagine, imagine, think about this, if you were a king in the 12th century or, or, or one of the ancient pharaohs in Egypt and I told you, Pharaoh, you can sit down in a chair and then be flown literally anywhere else in the world in just a matter of hours. You know what he would have said to me? He would have said, here is all the money of my treasury, let me try. But we don't even think about these things anymore, these luxuries that we live with. This truly magical time in history when we are alive. Yeah, in 2019, things are comfortable and convenient and incredible. And so it's no wonder that in a world like this, In a world filled with all sorts of gadgets and entertainment and everything uniquely catered to our needs, it's no wonder that fewer and fewer people are going to church. Fewer and fewer people see a need for God. It's just like the Corinthians, who thought that they didn't need the resurrection. Things are so good and comfortable today, you've got all sorts of people saying, why do I need God when I can just ask my digital assistant Alexa to do things for me? But church, church, this type of attitude will always, always fail us. Even though things might be great right now. Even though technology is magical. Even though you can summon a car with a tap on your cell phone to take you anywhere in the city. The difficult truth, the difficult, ugly truth about life is that the unexpected is always possible. I bet that every single person in this room could tell a story about a time when their life was just humming along until suddenly it was turned completely upside down. Everything was going good, and then all of a sudden you got the phone call. 
that told you that relative unexpectedly passed away. Everything was going fine, and you go to the doctor for a routine checkup, and then he quietly closes the door and gives you a serious look and a more serious diagnosis. Or you had money stolen, or your spouse left you, or a friend betrayed you. The ugly truth is that our world can be flipped upside down and inside out at a moment's notice. Believe it or not, I've had a couple of moments like this in my life. Times when either slowly or all at once, I found myself in the midst of despair. But here's what I've learned from those dark moments, church. If you're open to it, God is most present when everything is falling apart. If you're open to it, your faith can sustain you through whatever life might throw your way. This past summer, my beloved grandfather passed away. And now this was not anything unexpected. He had a good long life. He was 91 years old. But it, was, it wasn't easy either. And the love and support that I got from this congregation, the love and support from my wife and from my family, and most of all my faith, got me through it and continues to guide me through that, that pain and loss. And in junior high school, when I was bullied and often afraid, my faith got me through it. On September 11, 2001, when I was rocked to my core, my faith got me through it. In college, when I was devastated and heartbroken over the ending of a long-term relationship, my faith got me through it. In the years, years immediately after college, when I was just trying to figure out how to possibly be an adult in this world, my faith got me through it. In 2012, when I battled depression, a really good counselor and my faith got me through it. And in 2016, when one of my best friends from childhood suddenly died, my faith got me through it. Church, when things get really difficult, when the rug is pulled out from under you, our Christian faith has the power to remind us that God is still right beside us. In your horror and in your pain, God is going to get you through it. You will not be abandoned. You will not face this terror alone. Although, (laughs) that might be difficult. There's always still hope. Our faith assures us that God has a plan and a promise that's so much bigger than the present moment. In fact, that's what resurrection is all about. The Apostle Paul heard what those people in Corinth were saying, that you didn't need the resurrection. And so he got out his parchment and he got out his quills and he wrote them a letter. And he sent those Corinthians straight. If there's no resurrection, Paul says, if there's no resurrection, then we are misrepresenting God. We are making God a liar. If there's no resurrection from the dead, Paul says, then Jesus didn't rise from the dead. And then what are we doing here? That's what Paul said in our reading this morning. And yeah, that's pretty harsh and to the point. But you know what? I don't think Paul goes far enough. If I were to be writing to the Corinthian church, I would tell them, if there's no resurrection from the dead, then there's no hope. Now, I'm sure that many other people in other religions have their own way of finding hope in the midst of life's ups and downs. But for me, the resurrection of the dead is the crucial promise that gives me the strength to carry on. The resurrection assures us that there is something beyond this life. There is more to come. There is a grand ending that God is guiding us towards where everything gets put back together. And that promise, 
This promise of the resurrection and the life everlasting isn't just for when our life is over either. That's the truly good news of all of this. We believe that when this is all said and done, we will be raised from the dead. But that also means that we can be raised right now. That that God can fix what's broken in this current moment and in this current way of life. That, That God can give us resurrection in small, little ways again and again and again with each new day that dawns. And of course, if resurrection from the dead, though, also does carry that deep, eternal promise, which I'm guessing is why many of you are here this morning. The resurrection tells us that the trials and tribulations of this life, when they finally come to an end, when we rest our weary eyes and the sun sets on our last day, when we draw our final breath, the resurrection says, that's not the end. I know that you might be going through something right now. And so this might just sound like difficult or empty words, but trust what I'm saying. No, 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 trust what God has said. When things get tough, God is there. And not only that, but no matter what we might face today, with God, there is always hope for the future. With God, tomorrow is always filled with promise. And for those of you who are here today, who are lucky enough to be saying to yourself, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. Things are going really good. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. But I also urge you not to end up like the Corinthians. When everything's going good, thinking that you don't need anywhere else to rely on. I'm so glad that things are going well for you in the moment, but don't let your current success blind you from the promises of God that last more than a lifetime. I got one last story for you, and then I'll sit down. I have a friend who worked for a long time as an EMT, emergency medical technician. And so he would ride in the ambulance and rush across town whenever someone called 911. Accidents, car crashes, crime scenes, medical emergencies, all of that sort of stuff. These moments of terror would be when my friend would rush in with his colleagues in the ambulance and they would offer medical help at that point in time. And when my friend would show up, There would always be all sorts of chaos, because you don't get the EMT there unless something really strange is going on. And so people were feeling hurt and scared and confused and overwhelmed. And my friend told me that no matter what was going on, the first thing that he would say in those moments of high tension, the first thing he would say to those people is, it's going to be okay. That's what people needed to hear, he said at that moment. More than anything else, he was just trying to calm the situation and provide comfort. The truth is, though, my friend didn't necessarily know that this was true. He said it to provide comfort and security at that moment, but, but, but oftentimes he didn't know the complications with the injuries. He didn't know what was going to happen to these people he was attending to. But church, guess what? We know it's going to be okay. We have a promise and a hope that goes so much further than what my friend was operating on at those moments. We know that because of who Jesus is and because of what Jesus did, we know that in the end, it's going to be okay. Maybe not right now. Maybe not in the exact ways that we had imagined it. But in the end, we know that it's going to be okay. Because this is what God has promised us. Because of who Jesus is, because of what God has promised We know that at the end of times, God puts it all back together. And so that means that if things aren't okay right now, there's still hope. If things are chaotic and out of whack, if you're feeling lost and alone or hurt and confused or heartbroken 
or any of the other thousands of emotions, guess what? It's going to be okay. Maybe not right now. Maybe not as quickly as you would hope. But God's got a great big plan that's been playing out since the beginning of time. God's got a great big plan for all of creation. And in the end, the promise is that it all gets put back together. We will not die, but we will be changed. In an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, in the end, we will all be raised up and made whole. And all will live again and all will be okay. No, 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 more than okay. All will be glorious and right. Thanks be to God for the promise of the resurrection, our source of unending hope. Amen.